0: Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song, American Brews and
1: Tunes. shibbity beam baby do Where are you? <laughs> and I'm so sorry, Tom DeLonge. Yeah, time to talk about Tom DeLonge. DeLonge at last. DeLonge at last. Time to talk about Tom DeLonge for 30 minutes, guys. For thirty minutes of just Tom. For thirty DeLong? minutes straight, just Tom DeLonge, nobody else. He was born in California. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: now uh, this is American Bruising Tunes. My That's name is right. Stephen Johnson. My name is Jesse Titus. And this is episode 99. Oh my gosh! It's a repeating number, so we're going to do a repeating (laughs) person uh, that we reviewed his albums before.
1: (laughs) Yes, we have reviewed uh, Blink-182 albums before. Yeah. Um, So now we're going to take a little step in a different direction. Not that much of a different direction. But a slightly different direction. Yeah, I, I um, had reviewed this album for you to listen to, which is... Which is the album Boxcar Racer by the band Boxcar Racer.
0: Very nice.
1: Yeah, but before we get to that album and uh, Tom DeLonge, uh, we're going to try a beer called Raspberry Tart Ale by Triggs. Triggs. I really enjoy Troggs. Um, Troggs is really good, I yeah. I can't
0: remember if we've reviewed any Troggs on this podcast. I don't think we have. Maybe. Um, Maybe not. Anyways, they're a, uh, a good brewery from Hershey, PA. Hershey, PA. You can go get chocolate, you can go to the theme park, or you can go to the brewery. You
1: should probably go to the brewery.
0: I've been to the theme park, but the last time I was in Hershey, PA was for a Blink-182 concert. Oh, yeah. And we went to the brewery beforehand. <laughs> it was great. Um, it was a, it had a massive tap room and just a, a bunch of good food and good beers. Hershey, PA. Um, that's closer to Harrisburg, right? In yeah. This, it's, in it's the it's center like, of the state? It's, it's central PA, yeah. Yeah, okay. But they, uh, I know you've had the Mad Elf before. Yes, I have. Which a is Mad their yeah. the Belgian strong ale with Isn't it like chocolate and cherry. It's a Christmas yes. a beer, technically. But I had the Naked Elf <gasps> at the brewery scandalous, and it was still the Belgian uh, strong ale, but no cherries, no chocolate, no spices. It was naked. Just the the Belgian, and it stood on its
1: own. It did. It bared it all without all the bells and whistles, without any of the. Elfos without, <laughs> without any of the bars of chocolate or round cherries, yeah,
0: none of that <laughs> business. But, anyways, this is the raspberry tartar, like Jesse said. Um, it says ale brewed with raspberries, sea salt, and coriander. Ooh. That sounds like a recipe
1: for success to me.
0: Um, now there's uh, some interesting stuff on here. Uh, it says that there is lactobacillus in house yeast on here, so lactobacillus is the um bacteria that will kind of make a funky beer, like a sour. Yes. Um can sometimes be unpredictable, um, but, you know, whatever happens will happen when they use it. Um, this clocks in at 4.5% alcohol, and there's a nice little description. It says here, tart red raspberries are the star of this refreshing show. At first, fermentation with lactobacillus gives this beer its pucker. Then a second pass with our house ale yeast produces soft, fruity
1: esters. What that means. Esters, yeah, like a... What's the definition of an Esther? It's a uh I think she was in the Bible. Well, yeah, yeah, there is that. But it's like a uh isn't it kinda like a like a a fume, like a perfume type? Probably. Is that what it is? While you look that up, I'll continue to read. It's E E E E E S T E R, right? Yes. Not Esther. Yes. Just a very simple Esther's. There's an American singer songwriter called es- named Esther Dean. Esther Latte? Latte? No. <laughs> no, Esther Dean. Isn't that something? I don't know who that is, but hey. Shout out Esther Dean. Shout, Shout out, out in the same name Estardine. as Esterdine. Esther is a chemical compound oh. derived from acid. Uh, all right, go ahead and read. All right,
0: uh, it also says a hint of Himalayan pink salt amplifies the flavor of tart raspberry jam, and coriander adds delicate notes of wildflowers.
1: I love coriander. I got it. Here it is. Esters with low molecular weight are commonly used as fragrances. And found in essential oils and pheromones, apparently. Pheromones, it's like beef pheromones. Yeah. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, the word ester was coined in 1848 by a German chemist, Leopold Gamelin.
0: Leopold, probably a weird as
1: name. a contradiction to the German Essigether. acidic eth whatever. Anyway, I was right. It's like a fume, like a perfume, or it's used in perfume. I actually poured out the beer
0: very poorly for Jesse,
1: and it's really heavy yeah, over did. there. Sorry. <laughs> so shout out to me for being right about what Esther is.
0: Yes, shout out to you. Uh, I am excited about the coriander. When I think of yeah.
1: coriander and beer, I think Blue Moon. Yes, because uh, well, I just think of herbalness, like er- like very very uh, earthy and grassy, yeah. with a little bit of that tart fruit coriander is great so I'm, I'm have you ever smelled coriander like just straight coriander have i ever smelled the ester of coriander no <laughs> i can't no, <laughs> just say the essence that's a better the word <laughs> the ester <laughs> um, oh man. Yeah. um no, this, no i don't think i have
0: beer is a little hazy um you can't see 100 percent through it but light will shine through clearly yeah um it is what, what would you say for that color it's interesting like a um, grapefruit almost
1: kind of like a pink grapefruit a mix between an orange and red gummy bear does that make sense yeah because well, gummy bears are kind I of translucent think of what you just
0: said orange and a uh, pink gummy bear it makes you think of pink grapefruit <laughs> <laughs>
1: so i think we're on the same page um yeah I, I can see what you're saying like the skin of the grapefruit
0: i definitely smell coriander in here do you oh yeah
1: and and I, definitely I smell, get a tart smell. I definitely smell
0: tartness. That's yeah. for sure. I get the tart. i maybe the raspberry. I'm not so. I'm not really getting that a hundred percent. But I get the coriander and the tart smell. It smells good. It um, does. And this is the perfect beer. To have on a hot summer day. Agreed. At least it smells like it's going to be. And clocking it at 4.5%, you can have Perfect. quite a few of these when you're sitting on your rocking chair yelling at children.
1: Hey, you're sitting on your rocking chair. Get off of my lawn, you whippersnappers. Get off of my lawn, Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. You love, crazy son. I love Get that movie with, uh,
0: who plays his, uh, um, his neighbor. I've never
1: seen that movie. What? Is it, the, it's the live action one, right? Yeah. Not the cartoon.
0: Well, uh, Christopher Lloyd is in it. He plays a hobo. And uh, Walter <laughs>
1: Matthau plays Walter, his neighbor. Really? Walter Matthau does? Okay. The grumpy neighbor who's always uh, like, that is you menace. What is, uh, Walter Matthau is in a TV show as well, right? Isn't he? Uh,
0: he's in Grumpy Old Men, because he is a grumpy old man. He's in, uh, He's
1: been in a ton. Is he still alive? I don't know. I'm looking, looking him up right now. I want to say Walter he's Mathow. still alive. Uh, nope, he died in 2000. Oh. So 20 years ago. I I was very incorrect about that. Um, let me see. Oh, he was in The Odd Couple.
0: That's a very famous TV um, show.
1: Grumpy Old Men, Grumpier Old Men, Dennis the Menace, The Bad News Bears.
0: Oh, that's right. The original Bad News Bears. He was the coach. Yes. He was, like, uh, a lot of people say, no, Billy Bob Thornton was a coach. Yeah, he was in the
1: remake. In the new <laughs> one. You foolish people who th- don't know their remakes. Idiots. I, could, I, I must be thinking of someone different. Probably. Um, specifically, I was. I thought he was in Matlock. I thought he was Matlock. No, that's, but that's someone different.
0: That's someone different whom I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know who it is either. Hey, but we, anyway... Should we try this beer? That was a slight tangent, so let's get back to the beer and stop talking about Walter Matthau.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can talk about Walter Matthau more if you really want, but I uh, think we should really. just try the
1: beer. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Um. All right, and of course... As we always say on American Brews and Tunes,
0: down the Walter Matthau hatch. (laughs) Mm. Not too tart. Huh. It's got a little tartness that lingers at the very end, but all in all, it's not as tart as a tart ale would lead you
1: to believe. Well, there's definitely a lot of... It's not a sour of... ale. It's there's... just a tart ale. True. So, it's pretty good. Yeah, there's definitely
0: some interesting esters in here. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do taste the coriander. Um, I suppose I taste the raspberry. Uh, definitely a fruitiness I get from it, which would have to be the raspberries. Yes. Obviously.
1: I'm getting a lot of the, uh, slight tartness. I'm getting that. I'm getting raspberries for sure. Um, I almost want to say that if you were to bite into an actual raspberry, it would be more tart than this beer. I think it would be, for sure. Which is kind of interesting.
0: Maybe the uh, the spices they added kind of toned it down. Kind of
1: balanced it out a little bit? Yeah. I think so. Ooh, on the back end of my palate, I am definitely getting the coriander. Oh, yeah. Definitely getting that herbaliness and earthiness. Did you notice that there's usually coriander
0: in uh, hot dogs? Are you for real? I'm for real. Like Oscar Mayer? I don't like any hot Ball, dog, I guess ballpark Franks. Like it's a typical hot dog flavor, or <laughs> really? Yeah, is that why you don't
1: like hot dogs? No,
0: because I like lo- I like coriander. Hmm. It's just the taste of hot dogs. It's I don't like bologna in- either. I think bologna it's tastes like hot. Nice. Yeah, bologna oh. tastes
1: like hot dogs. I love me a bologna and mayo sandwich, man. Oof. You think? Do you think bologna tastes like hot dogs? Uh, I mean, it does have the same texture. It's the same thing. <laughs> just, just a bunch of meats. They took up a and they took a hot dog together. and they made it huge and they sliced it. So what they did is they they take each individual hot dog at the bologna factory, they grind it up and they just put it in you know those vertical presses. Yep. And they like just, a big they, sausage press. Yeah, they stand the hot a dog up one. vertically like this, oh, and then just <laughs> <gross>. <laughs> and crush it down. Bologna. and it, it naturally forms this nice ring of very tasty ground up meat Ugh. that doesn't really taste that great. <sighs> but for some reason, it, t- it does.
0: I'll take a Brawurst, but not a hot dog.
1: You know like how people really like Velveeta cheese? It's I'm not... not a big fan of Velveeta. I'm not either. I but, don't dislike like, it, people, but I don't choose it. Some people love Some it. people love Velveeta. It's not real even cheese, Even though it's though. not actually cheese. It's yeah. literally not cheese. It's weird. Anyway, Let's... I feel like it's probably the same way with bologna. Some people really like it, and others are just like, that's disgusting.
0: I think it's disgusting.
1: Now... The one thing about Boxcar Racer oh, is that, <laughs> I, is that I think everybody loves it. Boxcar Racer, right? <laughs> I agree. If Maybe you, you like not Tom Mark <laughs> Without Well, Mark, Mark sings Hoppus, on one song.
0: He does, but I think he was salty about this. Kind of like the pink Himalayan salt that they put in this beer.
1: Yeah. Um, really? Okay, so well, well, let me say a few things, and then I'm going to ask you because you know way more about blink two than I do. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so this is a solo project that Tom DeLonge... Uh, did with travis barker and then i can't remember his first name but kennedy played bass david kennedy david kennedy went on to join angels and airwaves yes um they formed in 2001 technically but this album came out in 2002
0: wait did you say david kennedy played bass i think he played bass he was a guitarist
1: he played guitar and then someone else played bass tom played the bass
0: really I think they got someone to do touring, but he he, in the, uh, he recorded all the bass stuff himself. In
1: the music video for I Feel So. There's somebody he plays there. He guitar. Yeah, someone else is there to play bass. But he recorded everything. He recorded bass, though. Interesting. They
0: recruited someone for the video and for his live tour.
1: Okay, cool. Weird, huh? Um, anyway, uh, this album is Tom wanting to do something different than Blink-182 was at the time. Yeah. Which, this is before the untitled album of Blink-182. Mm-hmm. And it's after Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Take Off Your Pants and Jacket generally is more like pop punk. They did... Other than... If you take out
0: The Rock Show and, and First Date, that album did go slightly
1: darker than... Slightly, yeah. Than uh, Enema of the State. Well, it, yeah, definitely. Because that, that album has like songs like uh, Stay Together for the Kids. Yeah. And they tried to, um, to,
0: to go play with dynamics and some some weird things. Yeah. And try to take a, a little bit more... I think he wanted to have a little bit of a more like post-punk influence and yeah people who are serious about post-punk make snicker at that but that's just what they were going for
1: yeah so i don't know if this if tom was just like i really want to do this so screw it i'm just gonna form this side project and kind of go a little bit more post-punk and go a little bit darker a little bit heavier a little yeah. bit less focused on the themes that, elements does. that they had done before yeah.
0: and he had after after a tour he i think he had some back issues Hmm. And had to get some surgery, so he wrote a bunch of songs while he was recovering, oh okay, by himself,
1: um, but anyway, yeah, so there was drama about this, right yes,
0: he he didn't want this to be a blink album, yeah, um and mark be... Mark had offered to like write stuff and be a part of it, and yeah. Tom's was like, eh, i I kind of want it to be my own thing, hmm. but then he enlisted Travis, oh, so Mark felt left out, and it was it was a, a source of tension that still probably continues to this day. Yeah, just I mean, the touchiness.
1: Interesting. I can kind of see why, I guess, Tom, because like this, Wikipedia had said, like, this was like definitely a precursor to Angels and Airwaves. Yeah. To so like him but doing his own thing.
0: It's also definitely a precursor to Blake Wayne um untitled album. Yes, definitely.
1: I can see why Mark would be upset, but I can also see why Tom would just be like, well, I kind of want to write these songs myself. And because I'm sure Mark would try to write songs as well for it. Yeah. So I can see both sides. Yeah. They should just be gr- the grownups that they
0: are and move on. Yeah. <laughs> just forget this all. Move on.
1: Yeah, We'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I had never heard this album before you recommended it to me. Um, so I didn't exactly know what to expect. Mm-hmm. But I assumed that I would get similar a similar vocal style from Tom as uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, like and that type of vo- that, that type of vocals. And it is in that wheelhouse. Yeah, you definitely do. Um, so let's just start off with track number one. Let's. Uh, it's called I Feel So. Ooh. And I definitely recommend this song. It is a fantastic album opener. It shows you that like really heavy kind of post-punk guitars mm-hmm. where they're like really like low and chunky and... I think he did some baritone guitar stuff on this album.
0: That would make sense.
1: Yeah, um, or at least drop D, maybe. Yeah, perhaps. But yeah, this is a fantastic album. O- album opener. Uh, you still get like the really anthemic Tom DeLonge choruses mm-hmm. that you have in Blink. Um, but it's a little bit uh, not like this song specifically is not like about like a girl or something like that. Yeah, it's about a lot of like mental stuff. Yeah, like a lot of mental. Uh, anxiety Angu- anguish about anguish and angst about the way that you are and how you wish you were different so he like he feels so uh, mad feels so mad i feel so mad i feel so angry feel so callous, callous. so lost confused again <laughs> but it's such a catchy song it's a, just a it great, really is it's a great way to open the album
0: i love that intro they do it starts off on the piano and then the guitar comes in with those little dyads yeah nice do 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 and then when when the music comes in it's big, yeah it's really big really bo- booming really wanted to play with so he said really wanted to play with dynamics on this album,
1: yeah, and i think he uh he definitely succeeds on that, um although it is very a very uh i guess like one dimensional look at dynamics, like either loud or soft, yeah, you know like it, he definitely succeeds in Quote-unquote, playing with dynamics.
0: Yeah. Quote-unquote.
1: Um, so, yeah, I like that song a lot. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, track number two is called All Systems Go. And Did this is where you get into a lot of political stuff that is on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you mention when this album came out? 2002. So it, it a came lot of out, it was written, was written right in after September 11th. After, yeah, after 9-11 in yeah. 2001. So, this song specifically... He talks about how the government's lying and how the youth they won't believe him. Mm-hmm. So he never directly says like the government is lying about about nine eleven. Yeah, and it was only to get people on board about the war in Iraq. But I think, but you can some probably assume there, yeah. that he's implying that. Very catchy chorus. Yeah, because uh, if you don't know, Tom DeLonge is very into conspiracy theories.
0: Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Maybe a lot of bit. I don't know.
1: Who knows? We with all the with all the stuff that's coming out now about how the government's acknowledging certain things that Tom DeLonge believes in is interesting. Maybe he's got more to it than we know. Who knows? Who knows man? Only time will tell. Um but yeah, that song's very good. It's not bad at all. It's definitely not bad. The uh the uh the whole album is kind of like this. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, yeah, it's a it's a Tom DeLonge melody, it's a Tom DeLonge, you know, like catchy chorus. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can definitely like jam along to it and i can't find super huge faults with it because like i do like all the songs um there is a little bit more diversity on the album which we'll get to later yes Uh, not in the next song though track number three is called watch the world um really cool drums in this in this song
0: kind of like doing that snare beat yeah something weird on the snare yep yeah I would assume that he probably just kinda of gave Travis free reign doing do
1: something different. It seems it seems like he probably did. I would assume he did anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the themes of this album. I mean of this song.
0: Is it kinda of like almost apocalyptic in this song? It's
1: almost like apocalyptic, but it's hopeful as well. Yeah. So like he talks about
0: uh you talk about Langley, Virginia.
1: Yeah, he talks about he said he saw, I saw the B. He talks about the Fed getting rid of all their secrets and... The power crew or something like that. Yeah, but he also talks about, like, the world ending and whatnot, but he also talk, he has, like, a positive outlook about it where he says, I, like, he's, I, I saw this box get rid of heartache and cure cancer, too. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, um, he talks about how he awoke from a dream and sat there hoping that this is what we'll do. And then he says, like, we'll uh, we'll write... The song and a letter to you and send it every day and like try to do all these things that we want to do to a better life, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a really, uh, it's a really, I guess like existential song in a way.
0: Yeah. I remember as, when I was um a much younger version of myself, that didn't like songs that weren't punk songs. Yeah. Uh This was the one that I would skip. This is the one you were like, man. Yeah. I, I love it now, but uh like back when I, my
1: Walkman CD player on the school bus. Yeah, you'd be like, you push Skip. the you push the big button that has the right <laughs> arrow on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, good try, Tom. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> this is a blink one at A two. Yeah. Skip. But I, I should have should have really just listened. Yeah. But I mean, as you get older you learn.
0: I think they bring back the uh the energy
1: in the next song. Yes, definitely. Which is called Tiny Voices. This um, is a Good, really different good one. Song. Yeah. Tiny voices. Da, 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 da,
0: da, da. This one's got some good dynamic stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, as to what this song is about, nah, I guess it could be interpreted many different ways. Yeah, it's, it's very vague. It could be he has tiny voices in, in his head, mm-hmm. making him feel anxious or something like that, or unsure of what to do, or it can be... Probably a song about the government, in a way. about that
0: that bridge is kind of real different, where it gets kind of almost like Muzak, like elevator music.
1: hmm yeah.
0: It's, and then it kind of like fades out, and it's like, Use your
1: voices.
0: And it's real, like, soft. Use
1: your voices. And then the elevator music comes back. Yeah. It's really an odd bridge. Yeah. Kind of cool. But um, in classic... Uh Tom DeLonge and Blink-182 fashion. I don't think there are any bridges that have words on this album. Well, that one's technically words, but for the True. most part, for the most but part you're like right. Not like put to like a melody. Yeah. Uh it's typically instrumental bridges, which Tom likes. Is my one gripe with the songwriting. Yeah, but it's not the end of the world, though. No. It's not that big of a deal. Um on track number 5, which I really like, and it's also a departure from the general songwriting on this album because Tim Armstrong comes in and sings on it. Uh track number five is called Cat Like Thief.
0: There's also a third singer.
1: Yeah, the guy from the Newfound Glo- Newfound Glory. Yeah, Jordan Pundick. Yeah. If you don't
0: even if you do listen, it's really hard to tell because he's got a similar nasally like bratty voice. Yeah. That's very similar to Tom DeLonge's. and he just sings in the chorus. Yeah, and it really blends in with Tom. It's hard yeah, to tell, definitely. But you can tell when Tim Armstrong. You sings, can definitely tell when Tim Armstrong. His sings. voice doesn't blend into anybody's voice.
1: have got in, not the same. Gonna them, the, the same. <laughs> get up, say yo. make get clear. Yo. Get up, Tim. Yeah, one out there. <laughs> one by one, two, two by, by two. two, three by three four by four let's do some more <laughs> <laughs> it's um, classic tim armstrong. Yeah. i was
0: surprised that he was on this
1: well the first time i heard it too i was like why is tim armstrong singing right now i think that was travis's connection
0: because him and travis play in transplants together oh okay yeah it's gotta make sense connection
1: um if you, don't, if you don't know who tim armstrong is he played in operation ivy and he also is the front man well co-front man in the band rancid yes so, um he has a de- definitely has a very unique voice. He's compared to Joe Strummer a, a lot. lot, yeah. Um and if you don't know who Joe Strummer is, he's the guy from the Clash. Exactly. The punk band from the 70s. Late 60s 70s. Anyway, 70s. Back to the song Cat Like Thief. Um I guess this is one of the first times where you hear a common melodic theme in uh this album. Where he really elongates melodic lines. In the chorus? Yeah. yeah. Don't, Don't
0: leave. Don't leave her, or leave her. Yeah. Whatever he says. He yeah. really stretches those out.
1: Yeah, he does that quite a bit in a few of these verses and choruses in the album. Um, as far as I can tell, this song is about struggling in a relationship. Uh, Because he talks about how she's a cat-like thief who stole air from his lungs. Yeah. So cheesy, but gets the point across. I really like that song. So on to track number six. It's called "And I." Ooh. Um, This is a song that definitely has classic Tom DeLonge melodies in it. This might be the poppiest, pop punkiest song. Yeah, definitely. If I had to pick one. Yeah. Still has the same type of like heavier guitars, Mm -hmm. but. It's more light in terms of the melodic content.
0: I'd say it's similar to the last song, it's got a a unique drum definitely. beat to it. Travis definitely. really writes some out there stuff on this album that sounds really good.
1: Yeah, a lot of uh, playing with, you know, like the conventional like hits on one and three. Like he definitely plays a lot with where um, the accents are.
0: Think of patience and accents. Yeah,
1: he he he. Changes things up on your... yeah. But I think I think he does a fantastic job on this album, as usual. Travis Barker, as per usual, definitely one of the best drummers ever, or of our time anyway.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: And this is another song about a relationship that's struggling and kind of wanting to make it work or hoping that it does work.
0: I like it in the bridge when it's got those pan guitars. Yeah. That's yeah. a good bridge, even yeah. though there's no
1: lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, on to track number seven, which is called Letters to God. Ooh. Uh, this is not about, well, I guess, I mean, I don't know. It's not really about a relationship, but it's it's more of like an existential um, thought or like outlook on life, kind of thinking about how he would like to go back and like redo things that he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this song is super catchy. It's one of the... Like a really, it's really kind of laid back in a way. Like it starts off with acoustic guitar. Yeah, the, first the, yeah, the First two thirds of the song. Yeah, the first two thirds. Guitar and vocals. Yeah, are really laid back and really kind of quiet, and then it really opens up. Yeah, it does. Like it goes from like a volume of like ten to a volume of like eighty. Mm-hmm. And like, or I guess one, maybe eighty-two.
0: You can tell it's not. there's I mean, this is a heavily produced album, but it's not overly compressed here because they get that uh, that loudness comes in pretty nicely.
1: Yes. Um, And the loudness continues on the next track, track number eight, which is the shortest track in the song and uh, the shortest track in the album. And definitely the outlier of the album. Yep. Uh, It's called My First Punk Song.
0: This song is really, (laughs) it's a fun song, but I don't, I'm not sure it belongs on this album. I don't know why it's here.
1: (laughs) It's really funny. So it's like, it's just super fast, really aggressive, like really quick, fast singing. What's he say? Like, what's he talking
0: about? It's like stream of conscious. I'd say. Yeah,
1: he like talks about how like why are some punk people so like political and they don't even go to school to see if they're right. They're blah blah, blah. and then he says some weird stuff about <laughs> drugs and weird stuff, <laughs> about...
0: weird sex stuff.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what um, he's going about there. And how he he yells at the end of some. Versus that he doesn't have a wiener. Yeah, I think it's, it's really weird. I think
0: it's a reference to an STD. <laughs> yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, but I, um, it's but weird. <laughs> the end of the song was just him yelling, I've got no. <laughs> 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 That's
0: so weird. And is he singing through like a, a weird filter?
1: Definitely a weird filter. They're trying yeah. to make him
0: sound like he's on a megaphone or something.
1: Yeah, like a megaphone or like on the radio or something. It's not quite as like weird as like no effects to decline. Yeah. Whenever they do that one verse, but. It's definitely through some sort of filter. It's a little and, fuzzy sounding. Yeah, and it's just like, whoa. I was but it's super fast and it's punky. Yeah, from from hearing like my first listen through, I got to this song and I was like, what the heck? Yeah. I was not expecting this. I like
0: it, but I'm not necessarily sure that it belongs here.
1: Yeah, it is good though. Yeah. Uh, track number nine is called Sorrow. It's another song about a relationship. And uh, the narrator of the song, whether or not that's Tom DeLonge or mm-hmm. someone else, is pretty much asking for forgiveness. Um, and this is another song where the drums are very syncopated and like oh, it almost feels offbeat. And in the outro, like he changes between multiple time signatures mm-hmm. in, in the outro, which I think is pretty cool.
0: It's not what you expect from Tom DeLonge. Definitely Maybe Travis not. had that influence. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I'm guessing he was probably Travis. He probably wanted to do something do interesting. something different. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine like the conversation being, "Hey, Travis, come play drums, and like you can do whatever you want." So Travis is probably like, "All right, I'm gonna take some liberties, yeah, <laughs> and like do some do yeah, some so, so more metal." It'd be fun to play at least.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, track number ten is called "There Is," um, and this is another great example of how Tom can take like really simple melody choices, really simple chord choices. And just, like, make a super catchy and engaging song. It's
0: like a three or four chord song. Yeah. On an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm.
1: But full band, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, it's another song about a relationship. Mm-hmm. And how uh, it's almost, like, about nostalgia. And kind of, like, remembering mm-hmm. old times Do in you your relationship.
0: If I don't know what to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom DeLong. Another fantastic song.
0: Uh... I've seen Angels and Airwaves play this song before. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never seen Boxcar Racer, but I've seen Angels and Airwaves, and they still play this one.
1: Well, yeah, they only went on one tour, right? Yeah. In 2003? Something like that. Or 2002? Anyway, another fantastic song. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Track number 11 is called The End With You. And this song is interesting because it almost seems like he's singing about either... His end, or like the end with it within a relationship, or a collective end mm-hmm. of like the world. This is one that Basically. goes. Dun so. so.
0: I've been all pinched up. Dun 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 If you go, then we will faster than the blah, something. Yeah. I think that's But it. The, the guitar is... Mm-hmm. it's big got big guitar parts.
1: Maybe it will be forgotten oh, yeah. when the world falls apart or when the world is torn apart. Mm-hmm. So like he talks about that type of stuff and I don't know, I guess just like... I mean, that's something that probably everybody thinks about every now and again. I'd say so. Like what's going to happen not only when you individually die, but if eventually the world, you know, goes to crap and like what's going to happen after that, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's probably, he probably is thinking about aliens <laughs> in, that, <laughs> yep. in that context. Um, but anyway, on to probably the heaviest song on the album in terms of uh, subject matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, track number 12 is called Elevator. Yeah. And um, I also recommend this song because I think it's a fantastic song. Uh, This is a song that Mark sings on as well. Mark Hoppus uh, sings on this song. But this song is about 9-11. Yes, it is. Um, And it's sang from two perspectives. Uh, Tom sings the first perspective. And he talks about a guy who is in the World Trade Center at the time of uh, the the terrorist attack. Um, And how he is... Like essentially, I think he's falling. Like he jumped out of the building. He's a jumper, yeah. Yeah.
0: And they they had pictures of the jumpers on newspapers.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and he is talking about how the concrete doesn't look like soft enough to break his fall, and yeah, like he has this ni- the this, this sun across this nighttime scene. <clears throat> um, and then Mark sings the next verse where he's it's from the perspective of someone on the ground already, looking up at the guy who's jumping. Yeah. Um. pretty intense yeah it really is uh, whenever you get down to the subject matter of the song but then they both have the same collective thought or conclusion at the end mm-hmm. that they both want to forget and move on Yeah. so for the guy who's jumping he wants to move on to whatever's next after he dies and forget about the crap that he's already gone through right? mm-hmm. you know so it's a it's a pretty pretty, hovey, hovey, Hev, hovey, pretty heavy heavy pretty heavy subject matter. Not musically though. Not musically. It's very simple, S- and no. I really like that because I think it it definitely captures message the message. Yeah, and I
0: always interpreted the end to be like uh, Tom commenting on the public's readiness to forget about nine eleven and move on. That definitely could be. Could be. Who knows exactly what he means? He that, knows. That definitely
1: <laughs> could be. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, uh, but yeah. That's a, a a fantastic song. it is. Um, I kind of consider that the end of the album, even though there's one more track. it should be. Uh, there's an instrumental track basically. Yeah. I don't know why the instrumentals there. Who knows? I'm not a big it, fan of instrumentals in general. Yeah, it brings back some of the some of the themes heard throughout the album, mm-hmm. like um, instrumentally, obviously <laughs> yeah. but but I mean, I could definitely do without it. Um, overall, this is a great album. Mm-hmm. uh I'll probably come back to it every now and again, yeah, and listen to
0: it. It's worth revisiting, yeah, for sure. I was gonna sneeze
1: okay <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it was tucked in there somewhere, yeah, um, anyway, I think that the album as a whole is good,
0: agreed, I it's definitely a couple
1: missteps here and there, but not enough to derail the entirety of it. yeah, I definitely appreciate the album. Um, I suppose at the time it would have been very interesting to hear this album, yeah. in 2002 when it came out.
0: It did really well because I mean this was Blink was insanely huge. Take off your pants and jacket was their first number one album, so yeah. they were riding on the coattails of that.
1: Yeah, this uh, I think it topped at number twelve yeah. on and the Billboard 200, which is pretty pretty darn good. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. That's and really good. back
0: in the early 2000s when people bought a ton of CDs.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, good stuff, and you can definitely yeah.
0: hear how this. Is a middle ground between Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and the Untitled album.
1: Yeah, definitely a precursor in a way. Yeah. Any uh, th- new thoughts about the beer? Um, no.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. I think it's been pretty consistent. Yeah, it's definitely consistent.
1: It still tastes good. So has that slight tartness to it. My only complaint is that I'm not on a porch in a rocking chair. Because <laughs> this really would be good for that. Not in the, uh, not in the blazing sun.
0: Well, I guess I don't want to be this. in the blazing sun, but in a nice evening, warm evening, this yeah. would be a good, good one to have for sure. Not, a, not necessarily on the morning.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. unless you really
0: want it. <laughs> I don't judge too much.
1: Uh, no, yeah, it's 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 a good beer. It's a solid beer. Yeah, I've enjoyed it thoroughly.
0: I'm looking forward to next week. We will be reaching our 100th episode. Oh yeah! Uh, for cap. our 100th episode, we are going to. Retouch upon the five albums that we enjoyed the most that we've been recommended. So Jesse yeah. will have his top five. I'll have my top five, and we'll. I'm just gonna have my five.
1: Know. I didn't order them at all. Doesn't minor order because
0: I'm I'm picky. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we'll see what you have. Yeah, maybe I'll try to order them. We'll see. Do what you want. Just don't do it around me. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Bad uh. religion reference. Yes. Um, anyways. Um, let's, do uh, what let's you want, but don't beer. do it around me. Do, Idleness do, and dissipation breed apathy. Yeah.
1: Big words. <sighs> Bad religion. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us for episode 99, where we talk well, about Tom DeLong and whatnot. Let's have this beer first. Yeah, we will.
0: Good beer. Check it out. Trogues. If you're ever in Hershey Breaks. PA, go to the brewery. If you're ever in the Northeastern area, I'm sure you can find Trogues beer. Good stuff. Yeah. As you always say in American Brews and Tunes, shit, bit of
1: a long and winding road. <laughs> ah, very refreshing. As I was saying earlier, thanks for joining us yeah, for right. episode 99. Once again, my name is Steven Johnson. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and
0: Tunes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know if that'll come. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song Just as it should song American Brews and Tunes shibbity it, be